Welcome back, friends, to Ronan Rabbit. This is episode 67, and I am your host, as I have been for the previous 66 episodes, Ed Moore. This is a Usagi Ojimbo fan podcast, for those of you that may not be aware. Feedback can be sent to usagipodcast at gmail.com, the website, bigtimenoise.com slash Rabbit. Big Time Noise is part of the Comic Book Noise Network. The Comic Book Noise Network is part of the Deliberate Noise Network. Usagi Ojimbo Dojo on Facebook also is where I post notices when episodes go live, and the Ronin Rabbit has a Google Plus page. Today's stories come from Usagi Ojimbo Volume 2, Issue 11, cover dated December 1994 from Mirage Publishing. The first story is entitled Daisho Part 1. In that story, uh, the primary characters we're interested in are Miyamoto Usagi, General Fujii, and an unnamed female villager. Now, uh, General Fujii, we remember from the previous two stories, Usagi is hunting the man down to get his swords back. And may I say, he is hell-bent on getting his swords back. Now... We see addressed at the beginning of this issue perhaps why those swords are so important to Usagi in particular. For the first eight pages of this issue, uh, Mr. Sakai gives us some, uh, some lessons. First, about the types of iron ore available to uh, the Japanese users, the smithies, um, of this time period. But secondly, and most importantly, we learn about the making of swords. And we find that for most, I'm sure you can't say for all, but for most practitioners of sword craftsmanship, it is as much an act of religious devotion as it is a, uh, a job of smithing weaponry. So we, we see uh, someone forging a sword. We hear what goes into it from his point of view. He is the narrator of this section. Uh, then we see the uh, just really the solidification of his views and beliefs on the swords he makes as several people, uh, four, five different people, come to him asking to purchase his swords. The first four are turned away. The fifth one is not. And we can see throughout the story why those first four were refused and why the fifth person was allowed by the smith to purchase his swords. We then cut to Usagi and are told this is 300 years later. So that was just a lesson. Now we are current with Usagi and the book the story, the main story opens with that thing in comic bookdom right now that I loathe the most in trying to read digital comic books. And that is a two-page spread. They they are horrible in digital format. They might be pretty to look at in real life, but digitally, they're, it's it's just a pain to work with. However, that has nothing to do with this two-page spread or the story itself just the method by which it is transmitted. So Usagi is still hunting his swords. He has encountered General Fujii's men, his retinue, 
and is fighting his way maniacally through the thugs that the general has surrounded himself trying to get to the general. As the general is uh, proceeding or running or retreating, any of those things, we don't really know, he comes to a a canyon uh, with a wooden bridge, crosses the bridge, and tells one of his retainers that's with him to cut the bridge down. Uh, This man objects because he still has comrades on the other side that will now be left to Usagi, who has taken on a very demonic persona uh, as far as General Fujii's men are concerned because of his uh, dogged determination to hunt down the general. Uh... He does indeed cut the bridge down as the general told him to because he knows if he does not, the general will kill him and cut down the bridge anyway. So we see the, the, the new face of Usagi in relation to the general's men in a couple panels where one of the men that are stranded on Usagi's side, when he cannot cross the bridge rather than facing Usagi, jumps hoping that he will survive the plunge uh, into the canyon because he knows he will not survive an encounter with Usagi. Uh, the Usagi and the general face off on opposite sides of the canyon, uh, both of them in, in the you know raising the fist, kind of shouting across the canyon kind of way that we have seen multiple times before. The general turns his back and leaves... Usagi just screams and throws his fists up in uh, frustration at not being able to get to the general. When this encounter in this issue first occurred, one of the men asked the general, why don't you just give the dude his swords back? And the general tells him, never, because he did not bow to me before. If I give him his swords back now, that means he has won and he will never win. So, we see that the general is just as determined to not give Usagi his swords back as Usagi is to get his swords back. So on Usagi's side of the canyon, um, he asks Noboru, what, what are my options now that this bridge is, is gone? Um, he's told that there are no other bridges. You'll have to go down and around the canyon. Um, that will be at least... A, a full day's journey, if not more. Usagi uh, she's his sword and says, well, I, I better get to it. And Noboro says, well, I'll come along with you and be your guide. Usagi says, no, no. You have a village that you have to rebuild. You have lives that you have to get back in order. This is my quest. I'll do it. Thank you, but no. And continues on his way, uh, casting the men and a bayo which is kind of a uh, colloquial term for so long, see you later, catch you later, something along that way. A very informal, um, un ungreeting, uh, uh, by what, whatever the word for that would be. Uh, the next is two weeks later in our story. Usagi is continuing his journey. Someone jumps out with a sword, a brigand, a bandit to get Usagi's money. He immediately recognizes Usagi and runs away screaming. And for several panels, he's running away through hill and dale and mountain and, you know, just running. And he just keeps saying, got to get away, got to get away, got to get away. In his head. That's what he's thinking the whole time. Running, 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 running. And he stops to catch his breath. And we see, where's the general? And the bandit turns around and is just 
oh no uh, and Usagi's just walking up on him saying where is he no no stay back no 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 I want the general no no please don't hurt me don't hurt me you know Usagi is is dogged and this bandit is just terrified of Usagi until finally Usagi gets up to him to the point where he he can he can kill him he's close enough now to kill the bandit and the bandit finally says in a, in a last ditch effort I didn't want to do any of this I didn't want to do the village I didn't want to cut the bridge the general made me please don't kill me don't do it and finally Usagi says raises his voice so you know it's the final time where is Fujii and the bandit just cowers and screams to the west to the west there's a gang he's planning to take over there's a village there oh please don't hurt me and he's doing all this stuff he's cowering here in one part of the panel and we see usagi is walking off in the other part of the panel he got his information he's just leaving the dude but the bandit is so terrified that that's all he can think of is that this is the end so he is still in that frame of mind as usagi walks off continuing to the west Usagi encounters a village, and as he's walking through the village, he's doing so during a time of day that there should be some sort of activity, but there's nothing. There's nobody wandering around. And he steps into this one hut. Um, it may, Maybe it's an inn or a restaurant of some sort, you know, that you would be expected to be able to enter, and uh, calls out hello, and he is immediately attacked by a female villager who is telling him, go ahead and kill me. You're no better than your leader, General Fujii. And Usagi's what? Where is he? And the woman tells the story about how the general and his current band of bandits entered the village, terrorized the village, injured the elder, took what they wanted, and left. And Usagi is very disappointed uh, that his swords are being used to perpetrate such evil. It, it hurts him that that is what they're being used for. But he uh, regains his resolve and is determined to go on to find the general. On the way out the door, though, the woman recognizes that perhaps Usagi can lend aid to their elder who has uh, fallen under Usagi's um, blades as wielded by General Fujii. So she asks Usagi for help to heal or stabilize, at the very least, the elder. And Usagi says, no, I've got to go get the general. And as he's walking away, the woman falls to her knees and mumbles, you're no better, which I disagree with. Usagi needs to stop the general before anything else like this is perpetrated, uh, conceivably in Usagi's name because it's his weapons. Yes, the elder needs healed, but I would think at this time someone in the village would be able to apply the techniques besides the elder that would stabilize and save his life in addition to any knowledge that a battlefield soldier, a samurai, would have. So I, I find this a little bit... Uh, I, I, I thought the logic at this part of the story was a little bit lacking overall, but I see why it was done this way, because after Usagi lends help, the village is very grateful. Everyone in the village now that encounters Usagi is dropping to their knees and is bowing in thanks to the samurai for saving the village elder. Uh, so much so that now the female that initially attacked him, asked for help, is granting Usagi her help because she is pretty sure she knows where the general has gone uh, to the mountains in the west 
and I will lead you to him. I know enough to know where I believe he's at, and I will take you there now. We have a second story in this issue, um, unlike last issue, where the two stories didn't directly match up, although we know uh, because of what Jay is, Jai is, uh, she will show up again when it comes to Usagi. That That's a given. But here, this second story will intersect directly with the first story in the issue. The second story is entitled Mongrels. And in it, we have, uh, we catch back up with uh, Genosuke and his encounter with another bounty hunter named Stray Dog. Uh, good name, right? Uh, so Gen is uh, entering a village. He's looking for a bounty. Stops at an inn asks for some food and drink. Of course, the innkeeper, that's his job. Yes, sir, sit down here, and brings him his stuff. And when he brings the stuff over again, asks, have you seen this man I'm looking for him? And at this point, the innkeeper just, you know, poo-poos him, almost spits on him. Oh, you're like all those other maggots crawling out of a piece of rotted wood. And Gen's like, "What, what are you talking about? You know, I haven't done anything. And over in the side... We we see somebody says he refers to me, Genosuke. And here Gen is like, oh, you're the bounty hunter they call Stray Dog. I recognize you. And and he's he looks like a dog with a, a black patch over one of his eyes, actually, uh, the character. And uh, uh, Stray Dog says, and, and he recognizes Genosuke. And they exchange um, stories about how they're aware of each other. Stray Dog says that he has gotten word about the assassin Gon who was killed two months ago by Genosuke. I got there just a week after that and missed out on that bounty. And Gen says, ah, indeed. And I know that you, uh, last month, were the one that secured the brigand Kuichi, K-U-I-C-H-I, right before I got there. I am familiar with your prowess as well. So they are sitting here kind of in the in a face-off kind of thing, because obviously they're both after the same person, but they don't want to split the bounty. Uh, So they sit down. Stray Dog offers Gen some uh, sake, which Gen grabs up the bottle and downs the entire bottle rather than just pouring one of those little cups. They part ways, but not uh, congenially, but they do part ways. Right after... Gen leaves, a uh, messenger comes in for Stray Dog, telling him that he has found the location of the bounty. Stray Dog gives the dude a reward for the information. The dude gives over the information. And we see that as he's telling Stray Dog, Gen is outside overhearing. So now Gen knows, uh, as well as Stray Dog, where this bounty is. Stray Dog is is out, you know, going to where the bounty is supposed to be. Here's someone behind him and hides in the bushes suddenly. Um, interestingly enough, where he hides, Gen is there in the little clearing uh, across from him with his back to a tree just sitting there. And he says, hey, what's up, man? How's it going? And uh, Stray Dog is surprised, of course. Stray Dog has already drawn his sword because uh, he heard something on the path. He was getting ready in case that was something he needed to worry about. So as he and Gen are talking, Stray Dog has his sword drawn. Gen is holding his sword out in front of him still sheathed in in, in a sign of non-aggression. 
Stray Dog, very aggressive, has his sword out waving around as he's talking. Finally, uh, Stray Dog tells him, I don't want you bumbling around here, and we'll settle this once and for all. Gen says, if you insist. So he draws his sword. And as they square off about to fight, the noises that Stray Dog heard on the path are much, much closer now. So Gen and Stray Dog call a truce to uh, tackle whatever is coming down the road first, because it could conceivably be coming for either one of them. And then they'll take care of their little spat next. So they both jump out onto the path... And as Stray Dog is about to strike, Genosuke says, Stop! I know him! And in the final panel, we see that it's Usagi and the female villager. Um, So they apparently are going... Well, not apparently. They are going to General Fujii's encampment. And you're led to believe that that must be the bounty that Gen and Stray Dog are looking for as well. So now, instead of the two of them looking for the same bounty, apparently it's now three. And of course, (laughs) Usagi doesn't care about the money, so he's not after the bounty per se. Um, He's after his swords. So I'm sure that he's like, you know, ultimately it'll be like, well, whoever kills the general, I don't care. Um, I just want my swords back. And that's that's where we leave that story. Uh, Some... Newer terms here that we have, the um, the phrase obeo, as I said, kind of a colloquial so long. In the story about the swords, which, which I found fascinating, I, I knew some of that, but not the extent that those swords are, are constructed with. A couple words, um, the gentleman that first approached the smithy that was not worthy was said to be a hatamoto, which is a personal retainer, um, translates perhaps to under the banners, meaning that he um, is is directly under someone, whoever's banner that is. And then uh, the word dasho, which we've had before, which, do, which is the matched pair of swords that uh, samurais carry, the katana and the wakazashi, that translates probably most directly to big little, uh, talking about the size of the swords, the katana being the larger, the wakazashi being the shorter matched pair dasho all right guys next episode volume two issue 12 february 1995 from mirage publishing Uh, it appears to be a continuation of the daisho storyline i believe it's the last part of that storyline so perhaps we'll finally see what happens with again with Usagi getting the swords with the general Uh, perhaps we'll wrap it up perhaps not either way that will be the book I talk about next time talk to you guys then ciao the Ronin Rabbit podcast is a teal production and as such is licensed under creative commons attribution non-commercial non-derivatives 3.0 unported license